0: Hello, this is Michael Bastien coming in before the show with a brief correction. In episode 21, Hasbro, which is our previous episode, uh, we made the statement that the G.I. in the popular toy and cartoon line G.I. Joe stood for government issue. We have since been informed that this was actually incorrect. We were mistaken in this episode. The G.I. actually stands for General Infantry. We apologize if this correction misled anybody uh wanted to make sure we got on top of that right away also posted that on twitter which you can find at deplorable follow us on twitter for updates and corrections if we ever have them because i'm sure i'm sure there are going to be more moments in the future where we're going to need them but i thank you all for listening and without further ado enjoy the show Hello, and welcome back to Deplorable, a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet for the deepest lore. I'm Michael Basteen. And I'm Billy Staples. And today we bring to you a topic. I was going to say something clever, but I never plan it out. <laughs> Which is ironic, considering that our, our current topic is going to be unscripted movie moments. Yeah. <laughs> I like trying to say clever things for the intro, but I can never think of them. So we always, I always have this moment where I just stop like, in the middle of what I'm saying, and I have to edit out this huge pause. Normally, when we're
1: making these episodes, I, while doing research, get a little blurb that's a description of the topic, something to help the viewers. For this one, I felt it was on brand to just not make one of those.
0: You know, I feel like that may have backfired on both of us. I should start writing out a clever little intro and not try to ad-lib it every time like I have been. Billy... How in the world do you describe the concept of unscripted movie moments to someone so, who doesn't understand?
1: Most most films and movies are they are produced by having the actors read off a script that's just line after line, maybe a couple of actions thrown in there.
0: <laughs> Sorry to have to break the news to someone who hasn't been exposed to that cold truth of the world, but most movies are actually written beforehand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and actors have to reread their lines several hundred times so that way they remember them. Mm -hmm. But every now and then, you have a moment in a movie that wasn't originally in the script, and it's just something the actor or actress thought of at that instant.
0: And it was just so good or too expensive to rerecord that the director decided to keep it in.
1: Or... It might not necessarily be something an actress or actor did and something that the set decided to do.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: I'll bring that. I'll bring the one I'm referencing up right away. Ooh, go for it. So, and this is the one that my friend was like, you need to mention this. In the original Jurassic Park, the T-Rex at one point is kind of trying to get to these kids who are in a Jeep. Mm -hmm. Originally, it was just supposed to get really close to the sunroof and not break the glass, but just kind of get close to it and scare the kids okay well the animatronic the, the the thing they had rigged to lower the animatronic head low enough to do that went a little too far uh-oh and broke the glass and those terrified shrieks coming from the children were realistic because they didn't that wasn't part of the script that was oh gosh genuinely something that happened
0: that is yikes that is not a that's not a good time <laughs> They watch the footage back and the doc- director's like,
1: I mean, we got to keep that in because it it makes it look realistic. Those are yeah. genuine, terrified screams. But at the same yeah. time,
0: <laughs> that was a bad moment. I, it's amazing how frequently like I of the l- stuff that I found searching around online, almost every one of the moments that were unscripted are iconic lines. They're things that people quote or. yeah. Or talk about for the literal decades. Another, we were you, were you mentioned stuff where the set didn't go as planned. You remember, you know, you know about the scene from The Dark Knight. Yeah, you, did you have that one on your on your I, list of notes? Yeah, I have. I have two from The Dark Knight, and that's one of them. It's such a good. It is such a good scene, though. So to give us a little bit of context, in The Dark Knight, the the Joker is walking away from a hospital in this like nurse's costume. costume outfit outfit no hang on there's a word for uniform thank you and so when when heath ledger hits the button to set off the explosives in the hospital for the pyrotechnics they were supposed to go off right away they misfired And so from the minute that he hits that button and the explosions don't happen instantly, the entire rest of that scene is completely improvised. And and anybody who's watched like if you've if you've worked at all with explosives or you've seen Mythbusters, like, you know how dangerous it is when you rig up an explosive and you set it off and it doesn't go off when it's supposed to. Cause that like, that is the kind of thing where you need to call an entire bomb squad in yeah. and you need to complete, like that is a complete wash at that point. But Heath Ledger managed to keep it perfectly, perfectly on track and just kind of mashes on the button a little bit. And so that little jump when he runs away from the, from the hospital is that's not acting at that point. That's, that's like genuine oh crap. Things have My- gone off.
1: My favorite thing about that scene is when he pushes the button and it doesn't go off. He turns around and kind of just like sh- like sh- throws his mm-hmm. hands up and like his shrugs like, wait, wait, hold on.
0: I don't think that's in character as the Joker either. I think that was Heath Ledger <laughs> to be think, like, crap, yeah. now we have to reshoot this entire scene. That's a pain in the neck and really expensive. That's the kind of thing that can kill a scene in a movie because if it's too expensive to rerun it too many times. Yeah. Oh. You got to think about it. that's a lot of pyrotechnics and like that was a practical building destruction. You you don't get oh. a new building. I actually So I have a bit of knowledge. Do, do you? I don't Welcome back to a podcast on the podcast Billy's Funtime Fact Funtime, so Fun Time Fact Corner. Fun Time Fact Corner? So I don't I don't know
1: 100% specifics of this, but the hospital they used in that scene was one that was actually slated for deconstruction.
0: Yeah, that's one of the easiest ways to get a building that, to demo a building in yeah. in a movie.
1: They just, they, the construction, or deconstruction, whatever, people who break down buildings yeah. just had a spare hospital, an old hospital, and they, the director called them up. Demolitions team. Demolitions. Called them up and was like, hey, you guys have this spare hospital, can we use it for a scene in the new Batman movie? And they went, yeah, it's gonna be torn down anyways. Might as well make our job easier and Make your job easier in in the uh, exchange. Mm -hmm. Now, the other improvised scene from that movie. Yes. Which I didn't know about and makes it even better. During the part of the scene, the part of the movie where the Joker has been captured by the police and is sitting in this cell, Jim Gordon gets promoted from uh, whatever he was before to commissioner. So he's now Commissioner Gordon. Right. Everyone else in that room is clapping. And in the background... Joker starts slowly clapping and then eventually is clapping with everyone else. That wasn't part of the the script. Heath Ledger wasn't supposed to clap there. He just started clapping and they while well, keeping this stone face kind of angered expression. Mhm. Oh man. And the director was like, "We got to keep that in cuz
0: that's I I actors are such Like there are definitely, you know, a hundred stories of scenes where actors have tried, actors and actresses have tried to improvise a scene and just the director didn't like it or it didn't work quite as well. Or yeah, that particular person was just a little, maybe a little, a little, a little too full of themselves in the moment. But when you've got like a real Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger knew what he was doing in that movie. That was a, that was a stellar performance.
1: The Dark Knight is one of my top three favorite movies.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Second one is Doctor Strange, and then the top one, of course, is a tie between Spaceballs and Starship Troopers. I had to stop and think of the name.
0: Starship Troopers. Really? You can that that's like I understand Spaceballs, but you put Starship Troopers up there. I like the the humor in that in that movie is very cheesy, (laughs) (laughs) and I love it. I think my my favorite movie is my favorite movie. I think of all time might be Princess Bride. Whenever anybody asks me what my favorite movie is, that is the movie that I say. I'm not very good at picking like favorite movies, though. I like a lot of things for a lot of different reasons. It's like trying to say um, like what's your favorite food, you know? Because you've got fruit, you've got vegetables, you've got meats, you've got desserts that's all food but they're all kind of different things
1: i find i find the the question favorite type of music is also one that i'm kind of i have to sit there for a little bit and think about
0: mhm so many different genres
1: so going from the dark knight to another superhero movie that had something that was unscripted that i didn't know about the final la- the final line from iron man in 2008 where tony stark uh, Robert Downey Jr says I am Iron Man while he's up on the podium. That apparently wasn't in the script.
0: So that one kind of surprised me. I saw that floating around online when I was doing my research and honestly, I almost discounted it cuz like I'm I was looking at that. I'm like there's no way. Cuz that that that's a real big without that line, that kind of changes the entire direction of the following movies.
1: Yeah, I had to look into it because I was like you. I didn't. I read that, and I'm like, no, that 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 had to have been in the script. That had to have been planned. But no, the director, the director of that movie, came out and said, yeah, that was that was not in the script. That was something the actor did on a whim. And we were wow. like, we got to keep that in because that is what Tony Stark would do in that instance. He would just admit to being Iron Man.
0: Now that's that's an impressive. That that I that is really impressive that that is that that was unscripted. That is something that a, a lot of these a lot of these improvised moments are things that are like either the set not cooperating as intended and just the way the actors were were playing. It worked perfectly or it's things like throw away little one-liners. one liners. A, one. A great example is uh, from Aliens. That line, it's game over, man, game over. There were some existing lines like around it that were normal, that were scripted, but that particular part, game over, that phrasing was ad libbed by Bill Paxton, who was playing Private Hudson in that moment, and it's now one of the most iconic lines from, uh, uh, admittedly, the many iconic lines in that movie. But it's ultimately, it is a line that doesn't mean any, like it, it doesn't, yeah change anything about the it just adds a little to the character the line that line i am iron man that is an entire hard pivot in the movie
1: yeah that shaped the mcu from there from then on i was actually really surprised that they referenced it in endgame with spoilers you might need to cut this out if you want but
0: I'll I'll leave uh, it in but we are going to like this is a hard spoiler if this, you have not yeah. seen Endgame skip forward like 30 seconds to a minute ish. Uh
1: the final lines from Iron Man is he looks at Thanos and says I am Iron Man, which I felt was a really a really good way to end his story. It's his journey started with him saying those words and ended with those
0: words. You know, I I always I appreciated the the symmetry, like the narrative symmetry there, it just felt like the wrong line to me, though, to say. Yeah, But no, I I, I, I definitely follow what you're saying. However, that is a, a very nice bookend to uh, Tony Stark's story in the MCU.
1: So in my notes, I may or may not have three more scenes from Avengers movies that involve Tony Stark.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, here, let me let me pull one out. That's, that's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. Yeah. So Tom Holland is a wonderful actor and also a pain in the neck for every director and producer that he works for. Because Tom Holland is infamous. Tom Holland being the actor who plays Peter Parker and Spider-Man in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Tom Holland is infamous for spilling the beans on like everything they literally can't give him a script in any kind of timely fashion because he will spill it on interviews but he was talking and in one interview he was talking about a scene in spider-man homecoming where tony stark is talking to peter parker in in the backseat of a car and then reaches across peter to let Peter out of the car. And Tom Holland said that Tom Holland thought it'd be funny if during that scene he just kind of tried to hug Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr., being, you know, a very skilled and experienced actor, kind of rolled well with it and improvised the follow up line that's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the door for you. And it ended up just being a great example of like how. Peter Parker in the how like awkward yeah. Peter Parker in the MCU is supposed to be.
1: I have a small a small little unscripted scene. Okay. From Age of Ultron. And then a rather huge one from the first Avengers movie. Okay. So in Age of Ultron, near the beginning of the movie, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark pushes on this brick wall and it moves out of the way as a secret door. When he does that, if you listen to him, he goes, please be a secret door. Please be a secret door. And as it opens, he goes, yay. That was unscripted.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that moment. And that doesn't surprise me that it was unscripted. And it also doesn't surprise me that it made the final cut. Because that is exactly... (laughs) That is 100% on brand.
1: The other one that I have... Well, the other one out of the three that I had is... During Avengers, when they're on the helicarrier the Shield helicarrier, he he's kind of up front and he's looking at he's looking at the setup that Nick Fury has, and he's making comments like, "Man, you have to like turn your head a whole 180 degrees to look at the other panel." He stops in the middle of that and goes, "All right, I have an announcement to make." That man is playing Galaga. <laughs> <laughs> we, he thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. We did. And the director. Upon that happening in post production, they went back and actually added a scene where the camera pan- like p- looks at the guy's computer, Screen, and he is indeed he's, playing. Yeah, he's he's got Galaga open, and he closes it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Robert Downey Jr. is a treasure. You know most. You know how Robert Downey Jr. is always eating in like yeah. every shot. So. He's not supposed to be, ever. Like almost, he's almost never actually supposed to be eating in the shot. Robert Downey Jr. hides snacks on the set, and they can never find them all. (laughs) And so there's there's one particular scene where uh, Robert Downey Jr. is talking with, or well, I guess Tony Stark is talking with Bruce Banner, and offers Bruce a. He's got like a bag of blueberries and offers Bruce a blueberry and and Bruce Banner's like, no, thank you. That was not scripted. That's just that's just Robert Donnie Jr. offering some snacks to <laughs> to the other actors on the set. And. You know, oh. What it must be like to work with someone like that, who's like. So it's hard not not to interrupt you, Billy, but it, yeah. it's hard from an outside perspective to really get a good grasp on these unscripted moments, because it is really expensive to have to reshoot a shot. And if you are like, like the, the amount of work that goes into a movie is massive. The time, the energy, the money involved, like these are, we, we, we kind of scoff, or at least it feels like we scoff a little bit at the price tags on these movies like, the production price tags. But if you get bad dice rolls as you're going through scripting and you're just having a hard time, even even when it's, like, you just got the giggles and you can't stop laughing in the middle of a, of a script, um, in the middle of a line readings, like, the more you have to restart, the more time, money, and energy is going down the drain. And it's really hard from an outside perspective to understand... Is Robert Downey Jr. hiding snacks all around set actually that frustrating, or is it just funny and cool? Because to, to us, it seems really neat. Like, I would love to be, if I were doing that job, I would love to just be able to kind of, to me at least, that would add a an air of, like, it would relax things. I would yeah. feel more comfortable acting in the set and doing... Read and like remembering my lines and stuff if I had someone there who was so comfortable he was literally snacking on blueberries and offering me some in the middle of us like doing a dialogue that would be really cool to me but I'm saying that from the perspective of someone who's never had to well never outside of like children's plays ever had to memorize lines for a script or act and and so I just I don't know what kind of what kind of stress this kind of this kind of stuff puts on the rest of the actors and the editors and the producers and stuff? I I'm I, I, I I'm sorry I cut you off, Billy, but I, I, that was a I felt that was an important thing to sort of t- get out into the air.
1: I'm I'm glad you did because the next one kind of leans into that. So you you mentioned how he has snacks everywhere. Yeah. Well, at the very end of Avengers. After Tony makes it back to Earth from the portal and you know has fallen to Earth and everyone thinks believes that he's dead, he yes. gets revived with the roar from Hulk. That comment he makes about shawarma was not part of the script. Robert Downey Jr was just sitting there and was joked about a shawarma place and so Captain America like laughing was unscripted that little laugh he did. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And because of that line, they actually went back after wrapping and filming to film the post credits shawarma scene where they're all eating at the shawarma place.
0: You know, I was wondering how that one went together because I like, I knew some some part of that. I had this nebulous understanding that some part of that scene was unscripted or improvised, but I wasn't sure the extent to which and I, people love to tell tell tall tales about you know this line was unscripted or this scene was unscripted one of the more famous things is like so much of pirates of the caribbean has rumors about it being unscripted yeah. that there's also there's a joke there's memes going around there's jokes going around online where it's like the entire movie was unscripted no like they just got johnny depp and orlando bloom and keira knightley all together on a scene and just had them start doing things, told them they were pirates and had this head go nuts. Uh, But so I, you know, with the entire post credits shawarma scene, I was half convinced that that was just a rumor, but that makes sense then that they would like, I, 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 I follow that Robert Downey Jr. would make a lot, make some comment like that. So another, another mini fact about that, the shawarma scene.
1: If you pay attention to the end credits, Captain America has his face obscured. Mm-hmm. It's because Chris Evans had a I think it was a it was a mustache or a beard for some for a different movie. Oh. And so they couldn't they obviously couldn't have Captain America with the beard cuz Yeah, yeah. So they just had his face obscured by like a piece of I, I don't remember what it
0: exactly it was, but it some I'm sure some menu or yeah, something. A menu or something. I yeah shout out to big time actors and actresses who the, the hoops that they have to jump through with their bodies. Yeah. Oof. it is, it is not a, I would argue in all many situations, it is not a healthy work environment. We think retail is hard and it is, but
1: speaking of things unhealthy, did you hear about the gun versus sword scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark?
0: You know, I have, I, I did a little bit of I've heard some back and forth about it. Uh so I did do some extra digging into it just to make just to make 100% sure that it was in fact improvised. But yeah, tell tell us about it. So, this is
1: this this for this one this is just like the surface level that I know. Mm-hmm. You can confirm or deny some of the points that I'm going to make, but apparently during the original script for Raiders of the Lost Ark, it involved a a long sword fight between Indiana and this man in a black robe Mm -hmm. with a sword. Mm -hmm. Well, during filming, uh, Harrison Ford, the actor who plays Indiana got really bad food poisoning. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't have the energy to act out the film as it was written. So that day on set, right before they started filming, Steven Spielberg and him changed the scene to involve Indiana
0: just, pulling out a gun that he had and shooting the guy. I, you know, the, so the only things really to add to that is that I did hear, I saw some places that said that rather than food poisoning, it was actually dis, like full on dysentery that he was having trouble okay. with. The area that they were in was extremely hot. We're talking like 100, yeah. over a hundred degrees regularly.
1: The fact that all the actors and actresses in that scene are drenching with sweat was not,
0: that, that was wasn't just, water added. That was not added for the scene. That was genuine, like, holy cow, it's warm out here. That was genuine, I have to wear makeup in the, the Sahara. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I could never, I could oh. never. I hate, I hate putting on, like, sunscreen on my face. I hate putting on bug spray. I could never yeah, be I'm... in that kind of heat in makeup. That would suck. Good night. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I've heard... I've heard everything about that scene from it was completely improvised at the last second where he just kind of like pulled the the fake gun to kind of what you were saying, where he discussed it it beforehand as rumors. Now, doing actual digging, it sounds like what you what you said was kind of the what happened, where basically Harrison Ford was like, listen, it's 160 degrees. I I am still not good after the whole, you know, food poisoning slash dysentery situation. Can I please just shoot this man? I literally have a gun in the scene. (laughs) Indy literally is carrying a gun throughout half this movie. And only uses it in that one scene. (laughs) Why would I? Why would I have a sword fight with this man when I can just shoot him? And that scene just became one of the most iconic moments because it was... uh, It was such a good scene from the perspective of just every movie like that, you would get the sword fight scene. Yeah. You would always get the big, flashy, cool, choreographed fight scenes, and those are great, sure. But then you always have that moment while you're watching it being like, hey, don't you just have a gun, though? It's, it's very exciting to have the sword fight and it can feel very high energy and dangerous, but sword loses to gun. You can talk all day long about how, you know, if as long as you're within 20 feet and the person's using a small arms firearm, you are more likely to win that fight with a knife than not. You're more likely to win that fight than to lose that fight if you bring a knife to a gunfight provided that that person who is assaulting you is like, you know, your standard mugger or not super well-trained. Yeah. But at the same time, swords lose to gun.
1: I My favorite part about that scene is the fact that Indiana just... he The guy does the fancy trick with the sword and Harrison Ford just looks completely done.
0: Oh, I know. And I'm sure that was so easy, that look to pull off just because of how sick he was feeling yeah it's like no i'm I'm not
1: dealing with this gun <laughs> now something that i found funny while re- while doing last bit of research before we started mm. in avengers age of ultron that scene where quicksilver dashes away from hawkeye and hawkeye responds by pointing the bow at him and saying nobody would notice <laughs> that was unscripted
0: i believe it i 100 percent believe it hawkeye that movie's great
1: Hawk, Hawkeye's act. The actor who played Hawkeye thought the cameras had stopped rolling when he did that, <laughs> <laughs> but they they were still rolling, and so they just the director and everyone else is laughing so hard they had to keep it in.
0: Oh, that's so much better. <laughs> the, okay, so that actor I I don't remember his name. I need to go find it. Do you know the who plays Hawkeye? Nah, off the top of my head, because we because he needs we need to give him a shout out too. Jeremy Renner. So, okay, so you need to understand something about Jeremy Renner. He plays like this... Hawkeye is this super stoic, you know, father kind of, like, everyman kind of guy. Jeremy Renner is a goofball. Yeah. The actor is a complete goofball. He does a great job portraying Hawkeye, and I think that's phenomenal. But that goofball energy filters in just enough into that Hawkeye character that it just makes Hawkeye shine so much especially in age of Ultron you get I I we I need I need a Hawkeye movie <laughs> I need an a Hawkeye MCU movie that line that line in age of Ultron where where Hawkeye goes just Hawkeye's like we're, this're we're, we're in a falling city there's gods everywhere and yes. I have a bow. None of this makes sense. Just right, that, let's... like, that, that dry cynicism, that snark from the guy who's like, I have no superpowers, I have a bow and arrow. Uh, I like... I made, I'd be good, but once I'm out of arrows, I'm out. I can't take out any more guys. I'm done, that's it. I got, like, 20 arrows.
1: <laughs> the fact that he's saying that to Scarlet Witch, one of the most powerful characters in the MCU, makes that seem uh-huh. better.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: Because he's he's very much just like, all right, listen, we're fighting an army of robots on a flying city. I've got a bow and arrow and at least 12 of the arrows. And you can kill people just by looking at them. And I'm out there fighting and you're cowering here. Can you maybe stop?
0: <laughs> I, I feel like that scene was a little a little more encouraging than that kind of. Yeah. But no, but- uh, oh, I, I hear what you're saying, too. It's it's. Oh, gosh. It felt a little more like, "Hey, I respect that you don't want to be here, and you don't have to be here if you don't want to be. Uh, but if you do want to go back out there, just keep in mind, I have no idea what I'm doing. You've got this." <laughs> I I uh, that I have
1: one more Marvel Cinematic Universe unscripted event. Yeah, that I just found out about before the podcast that. Makes this scene so much better. Please tell me. In Thor Ragnarok, when Thor is recounting the story about how Loki stabbed him by turning him turning into a snake and tricking him into picking him up, mm-hmm. that was something Chris Hemsworth just came up with on the spot.
0: Really? Yeah. I thought that was an actual Norse mythology thing.
1: It might be, but the director revealed that they shot about six different versions of the story, and the snake one was the one that stuck.
0: I mean, now I've gotta now I've gotta like look it up. Like, I believe you that that moment was uns- was unscripted, but I thought there really was a moment in Norse mythology where Loki turns into a snake and like Thor tricks Thor into picking him up. I mean it's entirely possible. There was It's possible. That's a lot of there's a lot of maybe we don't need to get into it. Well, maybe we can do a deep episode on Loki or if something. We...
1: We should do a deplorable episode on Loki and his shenanigans cuz there's there's quite a few funny
0: ones. There are. There's also some moments where it's like mm, maybe we don't need that on the podcast. Yeah. Listen, Greek mythology gets interesting, and Norse mythology gets similarly interesting. So to hop onto a rocket-powered Segway and fly away, so you know how Robin Williams was played the genie in Aladdin? Yeah. So I was doing some digging and I found this in a couple of different places. I'm inclined to believe it was, in fact, true. Robin Williams improvised a lot of lines in Aladdin to the extent where their nomination for Best Adapted Screenplay Academy Award was actually rejected due to so much of the script being improvised that it didn't qualify anymore. Oh, huh. And I'm I'm so torn because that is a phenomenal performance. Well, let me let me clarify just like there are a lot of Robin Williams performances that are phenomenal out there. He's a really good actor and really good at improv. Another another great example of improv improvisational comedy and improvised. Like ad libbing scripts is the scene from goodwill hunting where Robin Williams is talking about his wife, uh, who, who, uh, farted in her sleep. Have you seen hunting Billy? No, I haven't. Okay. It's a, it's a hilarious scene. I do recommend looking it up because I, I I went back. I haven't seen goodwill hunting either, but a lot of these scenes, if I haven't seen the movie, I made a point to try and go and actually find the scene that was being talked about and watch it. So they had a little bit of context. And in this scene, uh, Robin Williams is playing a therapist and talking to the main character. He's talking about his wife who had passed away. Robin Williams and the main character are talking about people and the way that people are not perfect. And the main character is talking about not calling this girl back after having... Gone out with her once and and really enjoyed it because he doesn't he, like she's perfect right now and he doesn't want to call her back and find out she's not perfect because it's going to kind of ruin the illusion. And Robin Robin Williams kind of goes off on this little bit of a tangent about his wife who passed away. Not I, It was not Robin Williams' actual wife. It was the character's wife. Yeah. But he he was telling this story about about his wife who who farted when she got nervous and one time farting in her sleep so loudly that it actually woke her up and, and, and she turns to, she turns to the character to Robin Williams character and is like, was that you? And and Robin Williams is like, I didn't have the heart to tell her the truth. So I said, yeah. <laughs> and, but in the scene, you can literally see one of the cameras shaking. Yeah. Because the cameraman is laughing so hard and just cannot hold himself together <laughs> that you literally can watch the camera like shake up and down <laughs> as it's zoomed in on one of the characters. <laughs> but man, Robin Williams has so much. I just I wonder how frustrating it was for the screenwriters that Aladdin couldn't be nominated as for the Academy Award. Because I, I imagine of how much it was, was improvised,
1: I imagine it was kind of it was a little upsetting, but wasn't.
0: Yeah, I know. I I, I don't know how I'd feel about it if it were me, like in their shoes. Because on one hand, on one hand, you know that that improv made that movie one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, but on the other hand, you're not going to get the recognition for it because of what you had to do to get there. So, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I may or may not have an answer.
1: Do you remember the scene in Thor Ragnarok where they do the get help maneuver? Yes. That was something that Tim Tim Hiddleston and Chris Tom, Hemsworth came up with that day. I think day. it was Tom Hiddleston. H- Tom Hiddleston. I, that Tim, is
0: Tim is his brother. No, I don't think he has a brother.
1: But yeah, apparently it was conceived that day of filming and it just... They kept it in because it, it's a glimpse at, into what the character's relationship is. Considering.
0: I, I love that scene.
1: As they're going up the elevator, he, Thor mentions it, and Loki goes, I don't, No, we're not doing the get help. I don't like that. I don't like that. They proceed to do it, and Loki just,
0: as he's standing up, goes, I still don't like it. <laughs> I, you know. I half. I, I have, don't play this. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm half willing to believe that the actors discussed it, like beforehand discussed the scene. And then in the elevator, Chris is like in character, like, are we going to do get it? If you translated the lines from character to character to actor to actor, what it what they're really saying is, so are we going to do it? And Tom's (laughs) like, ah, I don't know that we actually should now that we're here. (laughs) And then the next thing you know, they're doing it.
1: I I love I love that scene because it's just it's exactly what the what the brothers would do there. <laughs> I oh,
0: it's it's scenes like that that make me wish that we could have gotten what their relationship could have been if things had been different. Yeah, that's not even a, a dig against like the cinematic universe or anything. That's just a what if what if things had been written differently. It's, it's one of those moments that makes me understand why fan fiction is such a popular thing to write. We're used to fan fiction being, you know, things that being, you know, self-insert like, oh, hey, here's my my character is in the, you know, this this universe or this story and meets the characters from this story or, you know, <laughs> some of the more infamous, hey, let's have these characters have a romance. But then I also think about things like you know, what would their how could their relationship have been? How could how could that have played out if the things had been different? What if what if turn left? What if they had turned left and writing like a fan fiction based on that kind of idea? Like, what if Thor and Loki? What if Loki had been a little more? What if Thor had been a little more there? What if Loki had stuck around? So have you ever seen The Shining? Yeah, uh, actually, I have. So I haven't seen The Shining. But there's a line that I think everybody knows from The Shining, that even if you haven't seen The Shining, you know the famous scene, and you know the one I'm talking about, right, Billy? Yeah. Well, I well now you got to say it. I got to know if you know. Are you on the level? It's
1: the, it's the scene where I think I think the character's name is Jack. Pokes his head through the door and says, "Here's Johnny."
0: Yes, it is the scene where he's taking an axe to the door and busts through. And he's like, here's Johnny. That line was improvised. Yeah, <laughs> that was not in the script. That's just that actor being real creepy. <laughs> oh, that I, I think it was it had something to do with like The Tonight Show or something was a, was what it was a reference to. But either way, it was it was that actor just being like, he's like, "Ah, oh, this is a good thing. It's one of those one-liner moments, along with, um, so in Silence of the Lamb, Hannibal Lecter's, like, iconic hiss, you know, when he's talking about, like, uh, liver with fava beans and Chianti, and he does that weird, makes that weird noise. So, I've actually never watched that movie, so I actually don't know what you're talking about. I haven't seen that movie either. You'd have to look here. Let me, let me real quick pull up that video for you.
1: While you're, while you're looking that up, I have a, I have a tiny one that I could throw in here. In Thor: The Dark World, at one point Thor walks into he walks into his love interest's apartment
0: mm-hmm.
1: and turns to the coat rack and just puts Mjolnir on the coat rack. Yes, that wasn't a scene in the script. That wasn't that scripted was, either. That was something Chris Hemsworth just did. Oh,
0: the the coat rack is worthy. That's Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Crims <laughs> Crims Hemsworth, Chris, Chris Hemsworth's fault.
1: And that is just so, that is just something Thor would do.
0: Oh yeah that's a little creepy that scene that scene from silence of the lambs is another famous scene and that hiss was improvised the line was not but the that that noise was that was something that the actor was would do on set just to mess with people because a couple people on the set found it creepy he's like ah that's funny and then he decided to do it in scene, and it worked real well. I'm looking at our 50-minute our mark, Billy, and I'm so yeah. back and forth because I kind of want to keep talking about this stuff, but I also feel like, you know, we're we're hitting up to that up to that mark. I think I think it's I think it's about time to call it today. I think we're out of time for today. You got any I, any last moments that you'd like to bring up?
1: I will bring up the a tiny one. Apparently the the line. Try Me Beyonce from Doctor Strange was something that Benedict Cumberbatch came up with on
0: the spot. That one surprises me a little bit. That actor is just, he's a little more straight-laced, it seems. According to the actor who played Wong, that
1: that was just an unscripted line that he just threw it at him, him, and his confusion in that scene was genuine. (laughs) (laughs) To add to that scene, in the next scene, they have... Wong listening to Beyonce. I
0: I did notice that. Oh, Doctor Strange is a very good movie. Are you excited for the, the new one that's supposed to be coming out? I am. I hope it doesn't get too much more delayed from all of the terribleness. Yes. All right. But anyway, we definitely need to call it here. I know that there's stuff that we did not talk about, and I would love to hear from you guys, from our listeners, about like all of the improvised scenes that we didn't talk about today. There are so many out there. Uh, If you follow follow us on Twitter at deplorable and you can just tweet at us with your, with your, um, we'll take, we take topic suggestions, but also tell us all those moments. There's, there are some that we had on in our research that we didn't talk about today, but there's also a ton that are out there that just didn't, didn't jump out at us when we were doing our research that we didn't see if you want to get in touch with us in a way that isn't twitter you can also contact us at gmail the gmail address is deplorable at gmail.com do you have anything else to add billy today no all right then thank you all for listening i'm michael bastine and i'm billy staples and you will hear from us next time Bye-bye!